Well, hello, and welcome back to another scary edition of Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am, I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and I got some wonderful, wonderful scary stories for you today, boys and girls. <laughs> All right, guys and girls, how is everybody? Sorry I am late again, but man, we have just been having some bad weather coming through. Lots of rain and stuff. You know, I didn't, uh, it was my fault I didn't record Friday. I had some uh, family and stuff come over and we had a little bonfire and cooked some hamburgers and stuff. But I was going to try to record yesterday some, but we had some storms coming through off and on and then we had one. I've been up since 4 o'clock. We had one come in like at 3 o'clock this morning and just, whew. But I am here, and I'm sorry I'm late, guys. I'm so sorry. Just want to say thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for being uh, uh, great fans and great uh, followers. Love you, love you. Thank you very much. All my, You can get this, pod, this podcast on any uh, platform where you find your podcast. And go check out the YouTube channel. It's doing good. But I am just going to go back to doing... I'm not going to do videos of my ugly mug. Because I'm not getting very good reviews when I do a video like that. So I'm just going to do the regular podcast YouTube stuff. So no one's going to see my scary mug. And yeah, man. I hope everybody enjoys the show. Just want to say thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much for your comments. And I love it. And thank you from around the world for those who listen. Thank you very, very much. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, this is episode 97, guys. We are getting closer to episode two, 200. Uh, yes. Well, there uh, isn't anything else for me to really say or no announcements about the show. I guess we'll start digging into some... Uh, Ghost stories, what do you say? All right, here we got the old Washasu Club in Virginia City, Nevada. Rose, rose to prosperity as a center for silver mining in the Old West, becoming the nation's first true industrial city. The mining industry, the mining industry, made way for a uh, bu- a a bustling and even cosmopolitan city life with cultural uh, institutions like the uh, opera and the famous residents like Mark Twain who wrote for the local newspaper today the town only hints at the former wealth of the mid 1860s when I'm gonna turn some light a little brighter in here. Okay, town. What was that? 1860s when adventurous and pros and prospectors risk everything to grab a piece of the rich earth. At the time, danger lurked in every turn: cave-ins, gunfights, and greedy claims. Uh, greedy claims jumpers. Claims jumpers. I'm not for sure what they are, but I, th- I'm, I think they're uh, they take people's claims basically, and you know, take them over. <laughs> but anyways, if I'm wrong, hey, I'm sorry. All right, now, nowhere was the drama more prevalent than Virginia City's gunfights and greedy. Oh. Well, okay, nowhere was the drama more prevalent than the Virginia City or Old Virginia Town, or Old Virginia Town. That's what it says, ladies and gentlemen. It says Old Virginia Town. Okay, that was its nickname. As the locals called it, where the mining industry turned men into millionaires. The spirits... The spirits of the color mine, of the color mine, 
The Kohler Mine was one of Virginia City's most successful mines. Business Businessman Billy Kohler discovered the silver load and established that the established the mine around 1859. To keep close tabs on his riches, Kohler built a mansion nearby, which became the mine's main office. The the uh, mansion was later dismantled and rebuilt in its current location on D Street to make way for the mine's pumping station. <coughs> Caller's men worked a worked at furious speeds to bring in the rich silver before other uh, companies found it. Yeah, before other companies found it. His greatest rival was Potosi, the Potosi mine. And the complication and the competition was intense. Arguments between the two companies led to the violence and the lawsuit that were finally settled in 1865 when the mines merged to form the Collar uh, Potessa mine. The mines brought riches and glamour to their owners, but the miners were, but the miners were vulnerable as they tunneled through the ground, searching for silver. Cave-ins were common, and an explosion in the mine shaft killed many men. But even death did not stop the owners on their quest for more wealth. Today there are reports of uh, of revolving, excuse me, apparitions and disembodied voices in the in this otherwise silent place. Visitors share accounts of being touched by unseen forces, of experiencing the distant sense of being watched as they pass through the old central shaft. Perhaps these apparitions are still driven by the same greed and brought them to Collar Mine over a hundred years ago. Bottoms up at the Washoe Club. With, mon with money to spend, the residents of Virginia Town... <laughs> I'm not lying. It says Virginia. Uh, anyways, anyways, the uh, Virginia town needed some place to blow off steam. The Washoe Club, apparently nicknamed the Millionaires Club, was where the newly rich, the newly rich lived out their wildest fantasies. Man, blend blended up or men bellied up to the bar for a heavy drinking and business talk as they emerged new ways to expand their growing empires. They played games of chance and okay, they played a game of can of chance and chance and thrills with the prospectors. Like any good VIP hangout, the Millionaire's Club had one respectable main entrance and two secret near exits for the uh, Patriots. The... Okay. The prostitutes could come and go through those secret doors and the tipsy Patriots could be removed quickly. But not all of the people coming and going were so were so friendly, or for the matter, alive. In one room of the building was used to hold the dead bodies while grave diggers waited for their waited for the ground to thaw during the winters. So I guess in its one room, that's where they'd put the bodies, and then wait till spring so they could dig up the ground. One uh, okay. Today, this uh, this space is still home to working to a working bar, 
said to be haunted by the trio of ghosts. And, okay. And an attractive blonde apparition known as the Lady in Blue. Ooh, a Lady in Blue. We've never had a Lady in Blue. We've had a, a lot of ladies in white, but never a Lady in Blue. <coughs> is often spotted at the top of the uh, spiral staircase. Some patrons have also uh, spied the cost or spied the ghost of of a scared little girl. The third ghost is one of is one time prospector causes a recuous by uh, snatching in unintended drinks from the bar. So baby, basically he'll come and grab your drink when it's not being attended to. The third ghost is an old-time prospector, causes a ruckus by snatching unintended drinks from the bar. Modern-day bartenders indulge his uh, his uh, pinchit for the drinking of leaving a full shot of bourbon on the bar before closing down for the night. So the bartender always leaves the guy a shot of bourbon. Some mornings, the glass is always empty. Disappearing drinks, mysteriously looking, uh, locking doors, and tipping bar stools are just some of the bar's paranormal activities. It seems the whiskey-loving ghost also keeps his eye on the ladies. Witnesses have seen the front door swing open for some woman as they enter the bar. Well, that seems like a pretty haunted little place. Anytime there's a place like that, you know, where my uh, mining town was and deaths and stuff like that happened, it's always been good and juicy, spooky places. Oh, sorry, I'm stretching. All right. Our next one, we will get right in. Sorry, I cut myself short there, didn't I? <laughs> All right. Our second story is the Clown Hotel in Nevada. And this one's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a long one. So I hope you're ready. What do you find the creepiest in clowns, ghosts, and cemeteries? How about all three of them? At once, Q Tatompas Clowns Motel and Miners Cemetery, a once booming mining town, Tonopal's exist or Tonopal's oh. Exterminate died down, died down to the typical highs and lows that most mining camps ex experienced in those days. These days, the small desert town has just 1,200 residents, not all of them uh, Earthside. To, oh, to, Totoma, Totopa owes its existence to a wayward donkey a wayward donkey that during the night led prospector Jim Butler to search for it the animal found shelter in a rock outcropping where Butler ended up packing up a rock or yeah picking up a rock he noticed it was extremely heavy for its size and Butler soon found out that the rock came from the second richest silver streak in Nevada's history. Soon after, he began to mine the area. To begin to understand the history in the hauntings of the Clown Motel, we should start by explaining the history of the town and what leads to the land to be what led to the lands to be so dang haunted. Nevada is home to Countless haunted towns, ghost towns, and spooky spots. Take a tour with us on its Las Vegas Ghost Tour. 
Okay. The historic cemetery. Excuse me. Founded in May of 1901, this cemetery began with its first burial of John Randall Weeks. It remained an active burial ground until the spring of 1911 when the number of bodies outgrew the small plot. 300 people are buried in this cemetery, including some of Tanopa, Nevada's original residents. Many of these people who call the cemetery their final resting place fell victim to the mysterious Tatopa Plague of 1902. The haunting and the horrors of Tatopa didn't or Tatopa didn't start with the didn't start with ever so creepy cemetery. The curse of the town started with the uh, Tatopa Belmont, Belmont mine fire. On February 23rd of 1911, the mine fire killed 17 miners. With the way the with the way that mine was uh, constructed, there there lie two shafts, one upca- upcast and another downcast. The fire was noticed around 5:50, and after about an hour of the uh, of searching for it, they noticed a fire burning. Some timber that some timber that had been piled near the bottom of the shaft, a small light lit candle was thought to be to blame for the fire when it was first discovered. The superintendent of the time told everyone to ignore it and go to work since the fire was in a separate location. Most of the miners protested. But the threat of being fired was enough to push them deeper into the mines that day. After a few hours, the superintendent noticed that the flames were spreading quickly, and men told uh, men were told to withdraw. Everyone from the mines, except those actively fighting the uh, fire, men were scorched or men were scattered all over, untrained and. Untrained and disobeyed orders. The result in many of them being trapped within the mine and in the the midst of the smoke and flames due to the mine setup, a reversal of air currents through the mine spread the blaze faster. When the miners were able to escape, Fourteen of those men that died were now buried at the uh, cemetery. <coughs> so, what does a haunted miner's cemetery have to do with the clowns? Well, right next door to the cemetery, you're, you're, uh, you're met with one of the most unexpected and strange sights in the West. Named America's Scariest Motel. The Clown Motel is built uh, is built a motel is built a stone is built a stone's throw away from an old graveyard filled with bodies of tragedies of the past. Midway between Vegas and Reno, the Clown Motel has a battle Babylonian of classy of glassy eyed circus clowns it's it's owners swearing to guests who stumbled in their in that it is a fun and safe place to rest for the night catering to long distance tra- uh, catering to long distance travelers the Clown Motel is the only place to rest rest on long, on a long, hot, unbroken stretch of Nevada's desert. Truly, it must be because the motel is again, again, to an oh, uh, an oasis. Who else would its heroic 
horrific motel have stayed in business for so long. It's almost as if what as if the watchful peepers of these circus creepers serve as a warning rather than an invite to come inside and stay a spell. From the moment one steps foot into the motel, you are greeted with hundreds of clowns of all sizes. Life-size, uh, life-size, miniature, all of them creepy, as can, as can be. As you walk from the office, other, uh, as you walk from the office after check-in, you may notice an arch hanging over the uh, nearby cemetery entrance. Just beyond that is a centuries-old miner's graveyard made of stone and wooden markers. When you look off, when you think of a spooky cemetery, this is exactly what comes to the forefront of anyone's mind. Visitors to the Clown Motel swear that it is haunted. Legend states that the clown status acts as a visual for the miner's ghost. They... They uh, they pose they poses the dolls and they come to life. Apparitions have been seen walking to and from the graveyard, and disembodied voices have been heard saying, "We uh, we mind, and we died that way." If you go back far enough in history, the Pablo the Pablo Native Americans used to dress in clown like costumes, releasing their own personalities and welcoming possessions of nearby spirits. Perhaps clowns with these identities ever-changing allow for patriots into the spirit world. Even the world's owner tells uh, tells that he hears footsteps and knocking from unoccupied rooms of the motel. Apparitions of men have been reported leaving the cemetery and walking around the property at all hours of the day. When one of the previous owners attempted to make contact with the spirit, he froze and prop, um, promptly uh, <coughs> vanished. Even more, clowns themselves have been seen leaving the cemetery. Balloons and all. The cemetery isn't the only place where ghosts have been seen. The motel itself is just is host to a few spirits as well. Room 108 is considered one of the most activity active active spots in the motel, with visitors reporting disembodied voices, moved items, things going missing. All thanks to a spirit that has been called the tra- uh, trickster. This spirit is known. This spirit is seen coming from <clears throat> coming from the cemetery, taking the form of a clown to mess around with visitors to the motel. Other guests have reported seeing nearly seven foot tall clown standing at the foot of their bed while they wake up to a cold sweat. Some visitors report nothing during the during their stay while others refuse to come back inside inside the inside uh, others refuse to come back inside they the get they get their belongings after their night spent there. Many ghost investigation investigation teams visit the cemetery as well as the clown motel, finding themselves in a strange and otherworldly environment. Shadows shadow figures are commonplace and the area continues to be rich with history and sweeping with spirit and seeping with spirits. But the cemetery and the Clown Motel aren't the only haunted locations in town. The Mizpah Hotel is home to the exclusive Lady in Red, who was strangled to death in the hotel by her jealous ex-lover between rooms 502 and 504. She is said to haunt the fifth floor in 
fifth floor and well as the elevator. Spirits of several others have seen have also been reported in the hotel from children on the third floor to murdered minors in the basement. According to the U- to US Today's readers <laughs> Choice Awards, the Mizpa is considered the nation's number one haunted hotel. It seems as if to to um, the town is steeped in a haunted history. The unassuming central Nevada desert town is home to the uh, home to tragedy, obscured history, and death. Perhaps it's the miners that make the area so active. <coughs> or it could be the clowns, with their painted faces and larger-than-life smiles. One thing is for certain. The town will never run out of terrifying attractions, those of which have been drawing visitors for years. All right. Well, I do remember on um, Ghost, I think it was Ghost Adventures, Adventurers, the one with Zach and his team. I remember they did the whole uh, uh, clown motel, and it was a pretty good one. It was pretty creepy. I'm not a big clown guy, but I wouldn't mind going to visit in that place. Ain't no telling what I'd find, huh? All right. What do we have next? All right. Our next story is the Bannock Ghost Town in Montana. Okay. Bannock, Montana was born in 1862 when gold was found along the Grasshopper Creek. Like other gold rush, like other gold rushes, miners rushed to the settlement in search of their fortunes. And before long, the hills around uh, Bannock, yeah, Bannock, were filled with as many as 10,000 miners with with that many men during the era of the rough and tumble days of the old west there was there was bound to be violence and even even a few uh lingering spirits not long after the settlement was formed in walked in a man named henry plummet Handsome, well-dressed, and uh, had charisma. He gained the trust of the area of the area miners, and was soon elected sheriff of the uh, booming community. However, little did the unsuspecting citizens know, but the new sheriff led a secret band of road agents called the Innocents who began to terrorize the travelers between Bennock and the uh, Virginia City, robbing and killing more than 100 men over the next several months. I've got to change my glasses real quick. Just give me a minute. Got to put my bifocals on. Oh, okay. Where was I at now? Okay. Where was I at? Okay. Travelers between... Okay. In December of 1863, the miners formed the Mountain Vigilant, the Montana Vigilance. And during the next 42 days... The vigilance hung, hanged 24 of the gang members, including Harry 
Henry Plummer, later historians, questioned the authenticity of the outlaw tale, suggesting that the whole story was only a cover for the robber for the uh, ruthless vigilance themselves. Today, many say that the ghost of Henry Plummer haunts these uh, haunts its old settlement, which was long since become a ghost town. Perhaps he wants his wants to avenge his name. At the Hotel Mead, which was originally built as a courthouse in 1875, there are numerous stories of ghost, ghostly activity. When Bennett lost its county seat status in nearby Do, uh, Dillon in 1881, the building sat vacant until 1890 when it was remodeled into a plush hotel. The hotel opened and closed sporadically through the years with the ebb, ebb and flow of mining activity. <coughs> at one time, the building at, acted in the captivity captivity of a hospital. Oh, capsit, capsity acted in the capsity of a uh, hospital. Code spots. The apparitions, uh, apparition of a teenage girl and sounds of crying children are often reported by those who visit these old buildings. The first sightings of a, of a young girl was well, over, was well over 100 years ago. The teen is said to be the girl named Dorothy Don who drowned in a drench pond along the creek Wait, along the creek long ago. Shortly after her death, she made her first ap- appearance to her best friend, who was, uh, who was with her at the time of her death. Since then, there have been multiple sightings of a teenage girl wearing a long blue dress on the second story of the old hotel. These reports often come from children, one of which reportedly stated, stated the ghost of Dorothy Dunn tried to, tried, talk, tried to talk to her. The seven-year-old could see Dorothy's mouth moving, but no sound came out. Dorothy has also been sighted standing, on, standing in an upstairs window by passerbys on the street below. Yet more sightings have been reported throughout the town of the of the ghostly woman dressed in the best dressed in their best uh, dress. When mining played out, Bunnock became a ghost town in the 1940s. However, the Montana Department of Fish and Wildlife and Parks saved the town from the elements and vandalism by making it a state park in August 15th of 1954. So, this place seems a little spooky too there, guys. Yeah. Okay. Our next story. Our next story is Printer's Alley. In Nashville, te- uh, Tennessee. I almost said Nashville, Texas. <laughs> Did you know the two ghosts said to haunt print haunt that said to haunt Printer's Alley both died tra- tragically in the same building, the Southern Turf. From the from 1880 to 1914, the red light district operated almost flawlessly. Thanks to lax police enforcement and support from local distilleries. <coughs> Famous musicians such as Paul McCartney and Elvis Presley, excuse me, frequented the uh, Rainbow Room at Printer's Alley. Possibly the most well known ghost in Printer's Alley is Skull, often seen walking his car, his colorful poodle on his sparkly leash. 
the 19th century printer's alley. Before diving into printer's alley's hauntings, we must first paint pictures of what the area looked like during the 19th century. Printer's Alley got its name from the many publishing companies, newspapers, and printing shops that operated within the narrow two-block uh, long alley. But it wasn't all work and no play. Although by day the area was bustling with newsboys and Victorian women, by night the alley transformed into what was known as the men's quarter. And no classy lady would be caught dead there. You see, among the pros among the pros prosperous publishing houses that framed the alley, that uh, there were equally thrilling or equally thriving brothels, including an an, an establishment called the Climax Room. Nighttime printers uh, alley was was where murders, fetishes, and prostitutions fell at uh, felt at home, where vices ran unchecked, and where local men could uh, could let loose, where starving artists played their guitars, and dancers shock their uh, ta shake their tall feathers. And killers committed some of their most ghastliest uh, attacks. As far as the paranormal activity in the area, there are two spirits famous with roaming these streets, both products of tragedies that took place in one of the in one of the printer's alley buildings. The spirit of Ice Jones. In a, sea of, in a sea of grimy alley saloons, one stood out for its upscale environment, the Southern Turf. This four-story building had plenty of customers, serving, serving booze like it was going out of style, and even selling alcohol to go. The place had it all. Bronze statues, printings, fine solid wood furniture, and electric fans. During its many years of booming business, the Southern Turf building was managed by Ice Jones, who lived on the third floor. It all came crashing down in 1914 when, when something, because of a prohibition, the preferred place for gambling, drinking, and looting closed. When it did, Johnson proclaimed he would rather die than leave his home. So, he shot himself. Ooh, that's uh, pretty gory. He shot himself. Soon after, people began reporting seeing his ap apparition on the third floor window. The ghost of Icehouse Jones became popular became a popular lure, and even after the formerly abandoned building was restored and transformed into the Tennessee Publishing Company, the new tenants confirmed his spirit never left. The ghost began to terrify the employees who witnessed things move unexpectedly <coughs> from their desk. Johnson's full-body spirit appeared to several different staff members, nearly sending them into cardiac arrest. All of the while, visitors strolling, printers' alleys uh, swear they saw a shadow figure darting from one window to the other one or on the third floor. This dark shadow moved at an abnormal speed too fast for a human all right now uh, now this is about this or skull the eccentric ghost let's fast forward to 1948 when the southern turf building basement was purchased by david skull 
Schulzman and turned into his famous Rainbow Room. When, the fir- when he first opened business, Skull said the ghost of Johnson had been missing, messing with him. Every night as he prepared to close the club, the spirit would try to scare him or scare him by loudly moving chairs and tables around. But the poltergeist mani- manifested, manifestation was not enough to scare Skull away, as he continued to operate his establishment for 50 years. Skull has been described by locals as a cheerful, ex- eccentric, with a few odds of his own, uh, oddities of his own. He wrote, bedazzled, he wore benda- uh, bedazzled jackets and colorful patchwork suits. He dyed his beloved poodles uh, red and walked them, walked them around on rhinestone lashes. One of his many poodles uh, being a gift from the, king, from the king, Elvis Presley himself. The Rainbow Room became the uh, the cool hangout spot. The skull was na- the skull was named the mayor of Printer's Alley. His business was frequented by famous musicians such as Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Bob Dylan. <coughs> excuse me, even Paul McCartney visited and wrote songs <coughs> and wrote songs with. And wrote songs there when he moved to Nashville in 1974. The place was teeming with exotic dancers and performers, mainly due to Skull's open-mindedness and charisma. Everyone admired him. One of the reasons his establishment became... That's why one of the reasons his establishment came, became so popular. Unfortunately, he was known to carry around a large amounts of cash, a habit that proved to be the downfall. In 1998, after 50 years of running, rain, of running the Rainbow Room, Skull was targeted, was targeted for a robbery. Two armed homeless men uh, barged into the club and held the owner at knife point. After he refused to hand the uh, crooks money, one of them slashed his throat three times and smashed a bottle over his head. What the fuck? I mean, you slashed his throat three times and then you had to smash a bottle over his head? Jesus. Skull, who was 80 years old at the time, was found by, was found by a cigarette vendor with his hands around his throat gasping for air. He was rushed to the hospital but died the next morning. Nashville as a whole was shaken by the sad news. Country singers such as Tanya Tucker rushed to his bedside before he passed. And his good friend Willie Nelson went on America's Most Wanted to help catch the murders. We, uh, we do have reasons to believe, however, that Skull is cheerful as ever and is still resonating in his rainbow room. As you probably guess, Skull's spirit is now haunting the printer's alley. <coughs> People have even seen him happily walking his dog before vanishing into thin air. Some even say they have seen they have seen him in the poodle walk through closed walk through the rock through the closed rainbow room's front door after his death the once thriving business was promptly abandoned that space remained empty for 16 years excuse me until 2006 when it was renovated and reopened during the uh, renovations workers admitted that even through it was even though it was 90 degrees outside and there was no air conditioning in the room, that the temperature could incredibly, incredibly, that the temperature would get incredibly cold as if Skull's spirit was supervising the renovations. Uh, 
But in an area historically rich as Printer's Alley, ghosts are not the only aspect to discover. It, its past is just as captivating. A, br- a brief Printer's Alley history. Nashville's red light district operated until, two, until the 2000, uh, 2000 century. Prospering thanks to its lust male clientele. Local police turning the other cheek in the whiskey distilleries that supported the area. The alley was buzzing with illegal activity and was a secret either. And wasn't a secret either. The police were aware occasionally local authorities would raid the area, but Oh, would raid the area, but reputitious what re, reputations were merely fines and a slap on the wrist. What many police admitted, they too partake in the skin in the uh, sinful activities. The Climax Saloon, another Printer's Alley uh, brothel, was owned by Dick by the Dickel Company, a local distillery. The three-story house had a bar and a gambling room. Working girls would hang out on the third floor, which was equipped with a with a fake well for them to hide in. If there was a raid, building saloons was part of the company's uh, strat- strategy <coughs> to promote to sell their whiskey. The vice-oriented uh, business began to slow, slowly dis, uh, begin to slow, slowly. Uh, the vice-oriented business began to slow dis, disparingly. However, when church congressmen started to pension for the district's close, closure and moral. Uh, strict po- uh, politicians took steps to end the corruption. The onset of prohibition also took a toll on the Printer's Alley establishments, but the drinking did not stop. Though instead of it being Clydestein gave way to a new wave of drinkeries in the uh, speakeasies. To this day, the colorful Printer's Alley remains true to its roots, with plenty of pubs and clubs to enjoy. Visit the historic alley, Printer's Alley. Well, that place sounds pretty cool to visit. So if anybody's in the uh, Nashville area and has ever been to Printer's Alley, shoot me a text. Tell me about it, man. (coughs) All right, last story, guys. All right, we are doing the Tennessee State Prison. Did you know several movies and music videos have been filmed in its fortress-like prison after it was decommissioned, such as the biography film about Johnny Cash <coughs> Walk the Line and the Green Mile. And in 1999, crime drama starring Tom Hanks. And in 1831, when the prison first opened, it was known for the human treat the humane treatment of prisoners. Fast forward over a century later, the faculty was the faculty was shut down for its sketchy environment and overcrowding and ill-treatment of convicts. Prisoners who were subject to back-breaking labor with the profits earned used to support the prison. During its heyday, the prison prison housed notorious criminals such as James Earl Ray, the man who accused of killing Martin Luther King. The ghost of 
Tennessee State Prison. Few places, a okay. Few, <coughs> few places are more ominous than a maximum security prison. Monsters lived here, murderers and psychopaths, plus a few innocents, innocent that didn't deserve to be locked up. Imagine the fear, imagine the intimidation, the power struggles, all boiling up and festering within the state in vital uh, penitent- penitentiary. The prison was... Uh, the prison was frightening enough while it was active, but it was—it has become creepier since it was abandoned. And in 1992, when the operation was shut down, the castle, as it is often referred to, began to slowly fall apart. Today, every inch of the paint inside has bubbled up and peeled. The floor is covered with the weathered sheets of paint and dust metal bars have rusted and walls crumble like a dry cookie the entire building is riddled with abstinent eh, with abs abstos with asbestos but it but has it stopped anyone from going not a chance despite the location being firmly closed to the public some curious folks have managed to trespass to get their per- their paranormal fix. We know it is uh, not safe to be inside, but the overall condition of the building isn't the only threat. Many of these who once called its place home died tragically and diseased in a filthy cell. The truly weak were given the death sentence and taken to the execution chamber where old Sparky worked its magic. That's what they called the electric chair was old Sparky. Others took their own life to escape the uh, life of being in the prison. Little did they know, even in death, there was no escape from the prison. Those who have ignored the warning signs and dared to venture too far into the prison have witnessed some unsettling, nearly heart-stopping occurrences inside. Some have heard that they believe it to be cell bars uh, clunking and have followed the noises only to find there's nothing, there's no one there. Visitors swear They've heard blood-curdling screams while inside the building. Believed to be the spirits of prisoners electrocuted to death. Reliving their final moments, disembodied footsteps have been known to echo throughout the halls. But the evil that once lived there or lived here is no one it's no wonder that no wonder that ghosts have been unable to Transition to the other side. A quick drive into the history of the state of the penitentiary reveals even darker details about the historic building and enforces why these why this joint is so haunted. <coughs> Here's a little brief history. Once the state his once the Tennessee State Prison opened the door its doors or rather its jail cells. In 1831, it quickly became overcrowded. The situation worsened in 1863 after Union Army accompanied the city and turned the penitentiary into a military prison. Because of this, the number of prisoners skyrocketed and daily operations became much more of a challenge. The overcrowding also affected sex segregation as men and men and women were forced to be housed in the same location. The original penitentiary was demolished in 1898 with some of the slavaged 
material, the salvaged materials used to build a bigger prison. The second structure had 800 micro, micro cells equipped to hold just one person. With the new uh, construction, officials aim to em- emulate the architectural design in the disclaimed models established with the uh, Auburn Correctional Facility. Located in Auburn, New York, the reformery-type prison was the first to perform as an executing by electric chair. It also, it was also the first to impilement parliament solitary confinement and heard mm, manual labor under the uh, strict silence. When the state prison began accepting inmates, they enforced the same. Dead silence's guidelines, their heads were to say or their heads were to stay down at all times. And prisoners are and prisoners were not allowed to receive letters to call letters or calls from their loved ones unless it was absolutely necessary. Life if it was life threatening. Convicts slept in solitary cells and worked up to 16 hours a day. Factories, officers, and storage facilities were constructed inside the structure to allow for profitable prisoner labor. (coughs) There was also a farm enclosed by an underwell reserved for women to grow crops in. Physical works was used as a way to make inmates pay off the cost of incorrections. In Nashville, prisoner labor became a became so popular it came to compete with the free workers. Clearly, there was a lot of pent-up anger here, especially when it comes to the wrongful convicted. Aside from the criminals, some people do not deserve to be there, but were still stripped of all humane, all of their humane resources and subjected to endless work hours. The uh, reality is the lifestyle inside the, the humane prison could easily driven anyone bonkers. With the opening of the Riverbed Maximum Security Institute, the penitentiary was closed in 1992, prohibited from ever housing prisoners again. Abandoned for several decades, the already decaying building was severely damaged after it was hit by a tornado on March 3rd of 2020. But all is... All is not lost as there are rumors of it being restored and turned into a museum, allowing for people to look into the history's infamous past. And here are some of the sightings people say. There, say there's a prisoner they can see walking around. And look. They can't make out the face, but they can make out, you know, his prisoner uniform. And there's an officer, they say, that still haunts the place. So, it's a pretty scary place, man. Pretty spooky, spooky. Uh, Well, guys, just want to say thank you again for listening. Sorry I'm late. Next week I'll be on time. I say that every week, though. But next week I will. Want to say thank you, guys. And y'all go ahead and leave comments on my YouTube or whatever you want to do. And uh, if... I just want to say, if you leave negative comments, I don't care. It ain't going to bug me. I'll just freaking delete them. It's like I had one girl on on there saying I was hopeless and acting like, well, if you don't believe in it, you're just, and I'm like, I don't know what she's going at. Because I do believe in its paranormal stuff. I do believe it's real. So to call me hopeless is ridiculous. But y'all go ahead and leave me some comments, whether they're good or bad. If they're bad, I'll delete them because I have that power. 
But I know how to take them and it don't make me mad. That's just your opinion. But you guys, leave me some five-star reviews. Go check out my YouTube stuff on Ghost Stories Told from the South and uh, YouTube. Go check out the uh, Facebook Ghost Stories Told from the South. And check this podcast out where you can get any of your podcasts, guys. Just want to say thank you. We got, after this, three more episodes. And it's going to be 200, baby. It's going to be a fun, scary time. Until then, guys, be scary. We'll see you later. Have a good one, man. Bye.